The good news is that you don't need to sit down and read the Bible from cover to cover in one massive chunk. All you need to do is read it one bit at a time. G'day everyone, my name is Mark Schroeder and welcome to Schroeder's Bible Bits. I'm a college chaplain and my job is to teach children and youth the wonderful truths that are found in God's Word, the Bible. I speak at chapels, at youth services, at church services, I teach at kids clubs and lunchtime Bible groups. Uh, At all of these places, I always teach from the Bible because I'm convinced that from the Bible, we get to learn about God and how He has loved us and how He has saved us through Jesus. Tune in and continue to learn about Jesus for yourself, not in one chunk, but bit by bit. Here's another Bible bit from Genesis. Uh, This one is from Genesis chapter 11, and it's the story of the Tower of Babel. Uh, And we see how people try and find their way in this world, um, all the while not actually listening to the Word of God. And the challenge is for us, will we actually choose to live God's way or our own way? Um, I hope you enjoy this next little Bible bit. Okay, so like we said, we're heading our way through Genesis and we're up to a part in the Bible called Genesis chapter 11 and we're thinking about the Tower of Babel. Uh, But as we start, I want to think about finding your own way. And there might be different times that you might need to feel like you need to find your own way. And the first thing that comes to my mind is when I was doing lots of hiking as a younger bloke, um, we would be hiking our way through the wilderness, finding our own way with a compass bearing. Hand up if you've done that in its purest form, right? Um, So, you know, you can do that in all kinds of different ways. You might do that by saying, here's my compass bearing and right before me is a beautiful track, much like the one that you see up here on the screen. And it's not too hard to do that, right? Because you sort of go, here's the compass bearing. Oh, there's the trail. There's no other trails. It's pretty obvious. This is the direction that I need to go. This is the way that I move forward so that I will get to my end destination. However, when I was learning to use a compass and I was learning to do bush navigation so that I could lead groups and that sort of stuff in outdoor education. Our outdoor education teachers would take us to a place and we would think that we had reached the destination and they would say, no, we're continuing on and even though you can't see a trail, there's still a place where you need to get to. And here before you are a list of different navigational points that you need to follow. And you need to find your own way following these compass bearings without a trail before you. And that was pretty tricky, right? As a young guy figuring out how to use compass bearings and sometimes you had to bash through the scrub in front of you to get through because there was literally no track, but you knew the only way through was to push through this piece of bush area here in front of you until you got to the end destination. Finding your own way in that sort of scenario can be pretty tricky. But I actually want to say that I think finding your way in this world as a teenager, as just a human being, anyone really can be really hard sometimes. There's all kinds of battles and all kinds of tricky things that we face in this life that make finding your way in this life really, really hard. I'm sure you'd agree with that, right? It gets difficult, more difficult as time goes on. Or even just as you think you've found the right way, things change and you've got to rediscover a new way. And when my wife and I first had our first child, we were like, wow, this is really hard, right? Figuring out how to do all the baby stuff. And then all of a sudden you go, you know what? We've, we've nailed this. This is great. The kid's sleeping. The kid's eating. They've got this wonderful routine. And you think you've got it all under control. And then all of a sudden something changes and you're like, oh no, 
Everything's changed all of a sudden and you've got to re-go back and visit everything that you've done and you've got to make a new way forward so that you can keep looking after this kid and just enjoy life together. Finding your own way can be really hard and so I wonder how are you going about finding your own way in this world? Because you are all individuals, you are all on the cusp of leaving this school and heading off into other things, whether it's work, whether it's university, whether it's something else, hopefully travel if COVID just goes away. But how are you going about finding your own way in this world, in this life? The cool thing is, right, in in the Bible, what we discover in the Bible in Genesis is that God, he makes mankind and he lets them go out and find their own way. However, he does still give them a path to take, right? It's not like they have to bush bash through. It's not like they have to navigate this world blindly, but God gives them a way forward in this life. When God first makes Adam and Eve, he says to them, I want you to fill and I want you to subdue the earth. Fill and subdue. The way that you fill and subdue the earth is by having lots of babies and by spreading out over the face of the planet. And that was the command that God gave to Adam and Eve in the very beginning of the garden. As the story continues, we see that that doesn't quite happen as God would have liked it to have. People, they disregard God's word, didn't they? And they ate the fruit and sin came into the garden and a whole bunch of bad things happened to a point where God regrets making mankind and God sends a catastrophic flood that wipes out all life. Remember that story about Noah? And as he wipes out all life except for Noah and his family, even though that happens, God is still gracious and loving and he still lets humans continue and Noah and his family are saved. But as they come out of the ark, God says to Noah and his family, you guys get to continue. I want you to continue in this world. And he re-gives them the command that he gave to Adam and Eve in the very beginning. He said to Noah and his family, I want you guys to fill and to subdue the whole world. And so off they go and they get busy doing that. However, as time goes on, we get to this story in Genesis chapter 11, the story of the Tower of Babel. Let's have a look at it now together and let's see what stands out in this passage and see how we can connect it to ourselves and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in China and they settled there. And they said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. And then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that the people were building. The Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they've begun to do this, then nothing that they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so that they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth and they stopped building the city. And that's why it's called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. 
So here's this story. It's probably familiar to you. You've probably read it before. Maybe you've heard it when you were a young child. Maybe you remember it from Year 7 Biblical Studies when we looked at it together. And we could talk about speaking different languages and talking pig Latin and making up different languages as children and so on. And we might do that because we can see here that the whole world had one language and one common speech. But what's actually interesting is in verse 2, the people, they moved eastward and they found a plain. And what does it say that they did when they reached that plain in China? They settled there. But what did God tell Noah and his family and his offspring to do in this world? To spread out, to be sprinkled over the whole world, to fill and to subdue it. But here, the people do the opposite of that, don't they? They seek to find their own way in this world, which is apart from what God actually said is the way to go about life. God said to them, I want you to live in this world and I want you to fill and subdue it. You're in charge. You can do all these wonderful things that I've given you to do, but to do it, I want you to fill and subdue the whole world. Don't stay in one space, but spread out. But they don't stay in one space. They settle And in fact, not only do they settle, but they seek to make a name for who? Themselves. And so in verse 3, we see that they decide to make a gigantic tower. They decide to make a tower that is engineered in a spectacular way. They're using new technology, right? These are like the Elon Musks of the ancient world. They're making bricks and they're baking them thoroughly. This is new tech. They're using brick instead of stone and they're using tar for mortar. This is a strong and a sticky tower that is going to be really, really high, that is going to be really, really impressive, that is going to stand out. And as people see this tower that reaches to the heavens, people will say, wow, look how good those people in China are. Those guys, they're legends. Who are they? We want to know who they are. And actually, if they do that, Their hope in building that tower is that they would become a mighty nation and they would not be scattered, gentlemen, but they would settle there and they would make a name for themselves. But the thing is, that is not the way that God said that they should live in this world. God said that they needed to spread out. And so God, he has this moment where he sees what the people are doing and the Lord comes down to see the city even closer and see what the people are up to and then God decides to scatter them himself, to spread them out, to confuse their language so that they don't speak the same language and they spread out over the face of the whole planet from then on. And actually, whose name is remembered at the end of this story? Did you see? In verse 9... That place is called Babel. Why is it called Babel? Because there the who? The Lord confused the language of the whole world. See, in the end of this story, God's name is the name that should be remembered. God's name is the one that is put at the top of this credit. If this was a movie and the credits rolled, you would see God's name pop up first. It is the most important name. He is the one that comes down and actually gets about getting his people out into the world to do what he wants them to do. The thing is, though, this scattering continued, didn't it? And so what I want to say is, as we look at this moment in the Bible, we see that, and we should be reminded that you and I, that we are a scattered people in this world. We are a people of all different kinds of languages, so to speak, aren't we? Not just cultural languages, 
but all different kinds of opinions and ideologies and methods of life. We are a scattered people. And what's tragic about that from a biblical perspective is that we do not all follow the way that the one God of the universe, the creator of all people, has set out for us. We are a scattered people. But the cool thing in the Bible, the Bible tells us that although we are scattered, we do not remain as scattered people. Because God so loved the world that he sends Jesus for us and Jesus does the opposite of scattering. Jesus does a regathering of his people. So I want to say that even though we see this moment in the Bible where these people get scattered to the ends of the earth, we should be encouraged to remember that there is hope for these scattered people. These people do not remain scattered because Jesus comes and he regathers them together. What I want you to do, I want you to remember to another part in the Bible in Acts. Remember reading Acts in year seven and you read this moment in this time called Pentecost and God's people get the Holy Spirit on them and when they get the Holy Spirit on them, something comes out of their mouth. Do you remember what comes out of their mouth? What different languages come out of their mouths? And as they speak different languages, there's something that they all do in common. Does anyone know what they all do in common? They declare the wonders of God. So although at the very beginning of the story of the Bible, there is this scattering, because of Jesus, in the end, there is a regathering of God's people and they actually get to speak all different kinds of languages, but everyone gets to hear the one single message that Jesus is the saviour who has been long awaited for and he is the promised one to save. But that's not the last time that God will regather his people because the Bible fast forwards ahead and we see that one day God will return and he will regather all of his people and there will be a great big gathering of all of his people in the new heavenly kingdom and everyone will be together again. So although we are a scattered people, we are a people that are able to find our way because of Jesus, Jesus who gathers us together. So as you live in this world, you 12, as you think about what's the way that you are going to live, how will you find your own way? Whose word are you going to listen to on this day as you navigate this life? Because the reality is that there are so many different voices that are speaking into your life, right? I'm just one of many. Now, if the God of the universe speaks, if the creator of the world, if the creator of you speaks and makes himself known to us, I reckon we need to pay attention to that voice. So today, are you going to live your own way or are you going to live God's way? The cool thing is that we know about God's way because Jesus comes along and he says this in John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. If you want to know the way to do life, if you want to know the way to God, the Father, to live forever, look at Jesus. Listen to him. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He is the way for eternity, yeah? But actually, I also want to say that Jesus is also the way for your day today. As you think about the way that you interact together, in the way that you love one another and serve one another, you ought to think about how Jesus set out a way for people to live. 
As you think about the way that you might live after you've finished school, then actually thinking about how God wants you to live and to relate in this world, in the great big world around you, consider God's way for you today. His way will give life and truth. Be 12. You've got options. Which way will you live today? I pray that you will be uh, challenged afresh today to live God's way so that you would have life today, but you have life for all of eternity. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can get in contact with me via Twitter at mrkschroeder or on the Anchor app, you can actually leave a voice message. I'd love you to do that and I might include it in the next podcast. Catch you later.